with insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to The Cindy Gross Show, talk radio's premier Jewish woman activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, Cindy Gross. The Jewess Patriot with Cindy Gross. I am your host, Cindy Gross, Talk Radio's premier Jewish woman activist. Thank you for joining us tonight as we discuss many headlines and trends in the news. And you don't have to be Jewish to be a part of our show. So welcome into my opening corner and let me share with you some pearls of wisdom. You see, my name in Jewish is Zisel Peril, which means sweet pearl. And at this time, knowledge is power and it's also more valuable than pearls. I want to talk to you about education because you know I'm an education activist, but something that few people are discussing in the media and are bringing up at board meetings and in discussions, and that is the professional development of teachers. Why do I bring it up? Because people are questioning where students are learning what is going on in the classroom, and who are the teachers teaching them this? Whether or not it's wrong facts about history or inappropriate or what you feel is inappropriate sexual activities, whether or not it's fuzzy math or libraries that are filled with books that you don't approve of or are missing books that should be there. I will tell you about 2006, I received a letter from not only a teacher, but a union representative in the Bronx. The professional development of that school for that month was all about the relationship of Blacks and Jews in New York, especially in Brooklyn and in the Bronx. The content of the lesson that was paid for by the teachers unions and the New York City Department of Education was filled with hate towards Jews. Every single stereotype from Jews owning the media to Jews owning every store and Jews not suffering and stories being made up about Jewish history were taught to teachers to bring to the classrooms in 2006. Why do I bring this up now? Because it's making headlines in 2022. Anti-Semitism in the classrooms, anti-Semitism on the streets, and anti-Semitism from both extremes is on the rise. Another point I want to make up about teacher professional development. Teachers get rewarded if they go to a lot of them and get paid to go. Another teacher sent me a handout 
how they were taught to teach about slavery. They were taught to go back to the classrooms and teach that slavery happened in American history because Africans wanted a better life in America. And this was being taught to kindergarten, first and second graders. There are many scientific uh, studies regarding this handout and handouts like it. Second graders, seven-year-olds, six grade, I'm sorry, six-year-old first graders and five-year-old kindergarten students. Their brains are the most important in education because that's where most of the development for retaining education in a classroom is. So the patterns developed in kindergarten, first and second grade are usually the patterns most students carry with them throughout their entire lives for retaining information and having good skills to excel in education. Many people think it's high school, it's not. Many people think it's college. Why is there so much anti-Semitism on college campuses? Because students have been trained for decades by the time they walk into a freshman class. Teachers have been trained for years and they're repeating what they are told. So before you think about the oversight of classroom lessons, look into the oversight of teaching guides and professional development. Tell me what you think and share any information you have with me through my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn accounts. Nike is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. Had enough yet? Do facts no longer matter? Are lies to be encouraged instead of punished? This is not our inheritance. If truth no longer matters, we will not remain free for long. This is our generation's challenge, to defend our founders' hope that we the people could self-govern if we defend our right to get the facts. And right now, we're building the only defense a free people have, the facts on every politician every position they held, every statement they've made, every vote they've made, and any cash they've taken. It's the real history on those now pandering for your vote. There are hundreds of young people building our defense right now, and they need your help. We all have our passions, but as our ancestors knew, when events become so foul they threaten us all, we must stand and defend each other. Please, have our backs. Join us at votesmart.org. My next segment, we're going to talk about lights, camera, and conservative culture. Because 
I am one who loves entertainment. And there are many conservatives in Hollywood and in New York, in the theater district and around the world. And even if people aren't conservative, there are lessons to be taught through the arts. So I'm gonna talk about something I recently watched. And I wrote an article about it in case you missed it. You could always find my columns in the Reactionary Times website, download it, they're there weekly. And it's all about the staircase. Because the staircase actually relates to headlines today. HBO is hardly considered a conservative entertainment company. I must admit, I was enjoying The Staircase miniseries based on the true story of Michael Peterson and the death of his wife. I must admit, I fell in love with Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy decades ago, and have always admired the work of Toni Collette since Muriel's Wedding and from another Jane Austen novel, Emma. Real stories always intrigue me, but what piqued my interest more than anything was how much the story, not about the murder, but about the trial relates to what is going on in our court system today, because we are all concerned that our judicial branch, which is supposed to be not biased, and separate from the executive branch. Our rights as citizens to a fair trial, to innocence before guilt is at stake. Originally, Michael Peterson was convicted of murder and living in jail for several years. He was eventually freed after new evidence suggested possible interference in the case by those in power. You see, Peterson was a writer and he had criticized some of the people in power, especially those in law enforcement. Dwayne Diva, an analyst with the State Borough of Investigations misled the jury about the strength of the bloodstain evidence in the original 2003 trial. But it was believable, that's the point. It was believable to many, even family members of Peterson. Peterson's story was made into a documentary not much different than the documentaries we see today from Michael Moore, or what is going on on the television regarding January 6th. Paid professionals to entertain people with their version of a story that happened. Unfortunately, not everyone has the money or celebrity status to fight to the end with the truth and too many just give up. Judgeships and many staff members are affiliated with state and local party bosses. Many close their, have closed door dealings and all the party leaders are involved with them. And jobs in law enforcement 
judgeships, a lot of them are determined to, by both parties or more than two parties together so that actual elections have power and status where it counts for the individual bosses involved. And that goes for the Board of Elections, which is why Donald Trump and his followers are so upset about how the Board of Elections is being handled. This case should be analyzed very carefully by anybody and everybody running for office. I can definitely relate to this based on my own situation in the court system. How is it that the arbitrator and judge on my case and all the judges on the case that I filed first are all Democrats, including related to elected officials, including a judge who's made headlines for his own scandal. It definitely explains why I cannot get a, a fair trial and my lawsuit ongoing. I cannot get my discovery. I cannot get the witness testimony we need in depositions. Obviously, none of us were there when Kathleen Peterson died. So I can't confirm or deny the guilt or innocence of Michael Peterson. But in my own situation, here is what I do know. I filed a lawsuit in 2011 as a whistleblower with the promise in writing a protection. It included no retaliation and my confidentiality was supposed to be kept by everyone. Not only was I retaliated against, my confidentiality was broken and my life was threatened. Specific documentation confirms defendants in my case had meetings with potential witnesses and covered up facts that exposed my revelations to be accurate and factual. Am I the only person like this? I don't think so, but I'm the only person fighting as long as I have. And how do I know it? Because the New York City Supreme Court told my attorneys this. I'm telling you what can be done. It's primary time. It's campaign season. And don't limit yourself to looking into congressional candidates. Educate yourself about every race and every candidate from both parties. Republicans are just as guilty as Democrats, trust me, and you know it too. Establishment rhinos are in positions of power and work together with Democrats. And they've been doing that for decades and they do not want new blood. That is why both parties right now have so much entanglements within their own systems. And you should never let Republicans and Democrats cross endorse so that there's only one candidate for you to have an option. How many times do you see like five judges' names? They're all endorsed by the Republicans and Democrats, so you have no choice and you don't even know who they are. Imagine if one of them is going through a vicious divorce and you have to appear in front of them with your own divorce case. You think they don't have a bias? Judges deserve professional respect and privacy and safety in their homes. 
but we must take a more professional approach and more public oversight in our courts so that our judiciary system can sustain all the stuff that is going on now. And when I say stuff, scandal, bias, prejudice, and the most important, it was set up by our forefathers to make sure each one of us is protected by the law. Tell me what you think and share with us your own cases. Hello and welcome. This is Dan Perkins. I'm the executive producer and co-founder of Blacks and Whites. And uh, we're, we're bringing Cindy's and her syndicated show to our network. She's on Sundays at 5 p.m. and on Tuesday evenings at 9.30. Uh, we decided we'd try to attract two different audiences with her. Um, she has quite a reputation and we're looking forward to the content that she's going to be able to give to you, our listeners and her listeners uh, on her Jewish Patriot uh, show. So welcome aboard. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to sharing headlines and trends from the Jewish world to the non-Jewish audience and vice versa as Talk Radio's premier Jewish women activist. And where can our listeners find it in case they miss it so they could stream it anytime? They can go to blacksandwhites.us and under the show menu, the drop-down menu, there'll be your name and it'll take you to a landing page on our website where they can hear your show and also read other things about what's going on in Cindy's life. Thank you so much for joining us, Dan. You're welcome. Thank you. We'll look forward to having you on the network. Great. American Airlines rated the worst, losing the most bags, shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left to distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs? Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Welcome back. Our next guest is no stranger to anybody that follows me because Lori Cardoza Moore and I have been fighting the education battle uh, since before Common Core. She is one of the most outspoken voices for our children and the curriculum in our schools. And she has breaking news for us here. So I don't wanna give anything away. I'm gonna get let Lori tell you. Lori Cardoza Moore, welcome to the show. Cindy, thank you for having me. It's great to be back together again. It's been too long, but you know, it's amazing. Time flies, but everything stays the same. And you know that a decade ago, we were involved in exposing a textbook that had anti-Semitic content in it. And upon deeper review into that textbook, it wasn't just anti-Semitic and anti-Israel, it was anti-American, anti-Judeo-Christian, the values our nation was founded upon. And we launched a campaign that ended up going nationwide, as you said, actually global. Um, 
Australia and South Africa. We had people who are now reviewing their children's textbooks because it's the Western countries um, that are, are being targeted. But I have to tell you, Cindy, you know, I have traveled across the globe talking about what's happening to our children, how we're losing the values, our republic, our Republican form of government. And as I have traveled across the country, I'm hearing the same story everywhere I go. And when I found out that this was going on here in Williamson County, that it was continuing, that there was a group of parents who mobilized recently with the Moms for Liberty group and a group called Tennessee Stands, they took action. They were fighting the battle on the local level. And when I saw the content in the textbooks, because there's a new curriculum called Wit and Wisdom, which should be um, probably used in your, in your school district as well, because Wit and Wisdom is, is like Common Core was a decade ago. And when I started to see the content in the textbooks, now it's pornographic. It's still anti-Semitic. We just had a library book that we found in an elementary school that was loaded with anti-Semitic content as well as pornographic content. And you can just see the protocols of the elders of Zion all over this, this information. When I saw the extent of the problem, you know, I, of course I jumped right back in. I've been involved in what's been going on in Tennessee in the state legislature. But the reason why I decided to run was because my representative decided that he was not gonna run. He had held the position in the 63rd district for um, over 20 years. And when I heard that he was not going to run, I knew it was time. And that's why I threw my hat in the ring. I have all these years of experience. I was recently appointed by the Speaker of the House in Tennessee to serve on the Tennessee Textbook Commission, to be a lightning rod, to expose what the Commissioner of Education is feeding our children. It is outrageous, Cindy. And of course, you and I know this because we dealt with this issue years ago. You were dealing with it in the New York State School District system. Right. So just to be clear, Lori Cardoza-Moore, international education activist, pro-Judeo-Christian values, award-winning uh, producer and star of videos of education, is running in the 63rd House of Representatives, their state elected offices in the state of Tennessee. Yep, absolutely. And I just want to tell our audience how grateful I am because I know a lot of your supporters, Cindy, that have been following you for many years, have been following me. Every once in a while, I get emails from the group up there thanking me for everything that we're doing. Because you know, Cindy, the, the key thing that we are focused on, um, as I have been focused on with regards to politics, is education, making sure that anti-Semitic content is not being taught and peddled to our children, making sure that our children are not being indoctrinated with Common Core. You know, and unfortunately, Cindy, we still see, I do a lot of work in, in the state of Florida. I have traveled to 20 counties, over 20 counties in Florida, training parents and citizens. In fact, your audience should know that we have another training, a summit coming up August 19th and 20th, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But as I have um, worked with the Commissioner of Education in Florida, helping to draft civic standards. In fact, let me tell you this, because this is very exciting. Under Governor DeSantis's leadership, you know, the other governors across the country should 
listen to him and should follow his lead. Because this is a man, this is what leadership looks like, ladies and gentlemen. He knows our constitution. He knows during COVID, he saw what they were trying to do. They were trying to destroy our country, state by state. And what did Governor DeSantis do? He said, we're not doing this anymore. His people came to him with the evidence and he said, you know what? We're not shutting down our schools. We're not locking down our businesses. Look at what has happened across this country. In neighborhood after neighborhood, small businesses shut their doors forever, never to reopen again. This is outrageous. And this is why we, the people, this is, you know, just like what we just talked about. We, the people, have to run for local offices. We have to take back local control. And we showed it in Florida. And in Florida, because of the work, Governor DeSantis's Department of Education invited PJTN, the organization that I'm a non, the president of, a, of this nonprofit, to come in and review their civic standards. He called for an emergency review of civic standards during a time when, we, when our streets and our cities were a blaze of fire where our kids were tearing down monuments, where our kids were murdering people, attacking people in the streets of our cities. He called for an emergency review of civic standards in Florida. We reviewed them, we added, and Florida has the most comprehensive civic standards. We were able to add to the civic standards a requirement that, that now by law in Florida, K through 12, this is Governor DeSantis, K through 12 is gonna to have to learn civics. They're gonna to have to graduate. They have to take a test, a civics test in order to graduate from high school to make sure that we have, we're graduating good citizens. And we, because he did that, we incorporated into the language, the bill was now in the state of Florida, the kids in Florida, K through 12, will learn about the role that the Hebrew Bible played in the founding of our country, the role that it played in the drafting of our founding documents, the role that it played in the structure of our form of government came out of the Hebrew text. We have got to go back to our Judeo-Christian foundation. It is that that made us a nation, a great nation. Look at Alexis de Tocqueville. Remember, de Tocqueville came to the United States after the Civil War. He wanted to know what makes America great? Why is America exceptional? He came from France and he traveled across this country. And at the end, he wrote that the reason why America was so great, because faith, our Judeo-Christian faith, faith and politics could commingle, because our faith was what determined how we lived our individual lives. And in determining how we lived our individual lives, determined how we lived as a corporate entity, as, a, as Americans. And that's why de Tocqueville, de Tocqueville said, this will never fly in France, because French, the French would never allow politics and faith to collide. That's what makes us exceptional. And as Jews and Christians, we must unite and demand our values be taught. This country was not started as a Christian nation. And I have to correct my Christian friend all the time. We are not a Christian nation. We are a Judeo-Christian nation. George Washington did not tolerate anti-Semitism. Look at what happened with the Toro Synagogue. He went after he received a letter after the revolution, he received a letter from the congregation. They said, how will we fare? 
in this new revol after this new revolution because Jews typically don't fare well. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, once they come after the Jews, they're going to come after the Christians next. And I'm going to explain that in just a minute. Stand up, Texas. There comes a time in one's life where you have to take a stand for what you believe in. To stand for what you know in your heart is right. For yourself, for your children, for your grandchildren. As Texans, we are in a fight for our independence and the promise of freedom that Texas was built upon. And it's that very freedom that is being stripped away from us right now. As brothers, sisters, business owners, employees, students, we are all in this fight together. It's time to take a stand, Texas. We are an organization of nearly 400,000 Texans. We're pushing for Texit and our freedom, our independence. Join us. Let's stand together. Visit texitnow.org. That's texitnow.org. Paid for by the Texas Nationalist Movement. But Washington went to them. He didn't pen them back a letter. He went to them personally. And he quoted from the book of Isaiah. He said, you too will sit under your own vine tree, basically telling the Jewish community at the, at the Toro congregation that your days of wandering are over. We're not tolerating anti-Semitism, but how many Americans know this? How many Americans are taught this? How many of our kids are taught this in our public schools? None. Even in our private schools. And I, I'm going to, I have so much to question what you just said. And uh, we're going to go into another segment. But before we do, first of all, you brought up a couple of great points I don't want to forget. This is not a one party problem. This is a big problem. People think that, oh, Republicans are, are you know, not at fault of any of this. They've worked for yes, years yes. together, especially the rhinos. I mean, 20 years ago, the books, the textbooks, a former president's family who was Republican was very involved in the textbooks that are used in the Common Core curriculum. And you said something else. You talked about Ron DeSantis taking leadership. Yes, he has. And that's why people love him from all levels. But you also discussed, you also discussed, one sec. Sorry. You also discussed the idea of local elections. And you know, we're seeing everything now with school boards and parents all of a sudden talking. But it's way more than school boards. Mm -hmm. It's your local courts, your local libraries. It's your uh, local um, assembly people, mm -hmm. state senate, legislators. And that's why I can't emphasize enough how proud I am to know you that you're going and exceeding in so many arenas, but coming back home to your roots. Amen. You know, Cindy, it's by the grace of God that I, I'm able to do what I do. And he leads me and guides me every day as he does you. Our faith is important to us and we have to get back to those foundational truths, but it does start on the local level. If we can take back local control of our school boards, why our school boards? Why is that the most important race that we should be focused on? It's because our school boards have control of the minds of the next generation. Abraham Lincoln said that the philosophy of one generation will be the government of the next. And he was spot on. 
And we have to take the only way we're going to teach that correct history and philosophy of American greatness is if we take back local control, because I can assure you, we all know this now after looking at what's happened across the country. It doesn't matter if you're in a Republican conservative county or if you're in a liberal um, Democrat county. Look at what happened in San Francisco. Those parents, there were Democrats, 94 percent of the San Franciscans vote are Democrats, are registered Democrats, and they recalled three school board members. Why? Because they were fed up with the shenanigans. They were fed up with the fact that their kids, that these people, these school board members were more interested in changing the name of the schools, like from George Washington and Abraham Lincoln to George Floyd. Are you kidding me? These are the, These schools are named after the greats but it made the community angry. You know, another reason why they recalled them? I found this out. These are high-tech families. I went out to San Francisco after this, couple months after the recall to meet with the people. I wanted to see who these people were. They were Democrats and Republicans, mostly Democrats. They were people um, of, the, of the Christian faith. They were people who were of, of no faith at all, but they came together for the betterment of the community to do the right thing by their children. They wanted to leave in America, a country that we grew up in. Shame on us that we've been too busy living our lives, going about whatever we're doing and not fighting for our children's future. If we don't have, you know, every generation is required in our Republic to hand the baton of the, the Republic to the next generation. How do we do that? Through education. Well, you know what? We haven't done a good job. And now is the time that we take it back. And I'm going to tell you, Cindy, I just met with a group of young Republicans here in Williamson County. So we're going to co take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the group you met. And we are going to discuss uh, more issues in, reg in, in regard to education and your uh, campaign, because our right wing media is not doing enough to expose it. And I know you are very aware of it. So Stay tuned, sit back. We'll be coming back shortly. We are going to continue our conversation with candidate and international education activist, Lori Cardoza Moore. And she was about to tell us about a meeting with young Republicans. And what I find fascinating is she emphasized the word young because the news right now is that the Democrats are losing their main base of millennials at a record pace and that we have a real opportunity. So let's continue the conversation and tell us about your recent meeting with young Republicans. Well, you know, we all hear the stories about the millennials who are destroying our tearing down monuments. They hate America. We're so evil. We're so bad. There is a generation that is coming up after these millennials. And this young Republican group that I went to speak to, I was amazed at their understanding of the issues that are plaguing them and their future, how their future is hanging in the balance. But I heard several of them say that they are tired. This is not just a Democrat issue. It's a Republican issue because these young Republicans were saying they are fed up with the rhinos. They are fed up with the status quo of the rhinos. They're fed up with the, the Republican narrative and, and the lip service that they get 
you know what? They're saying they're not buying it anymore. They're looking for people just like you and I, average citizens, not politicians who have an agenda. We have got to get out from underneath this. We have got to start standing up. I'm telling you, Democrats and Republicans are uniting. You know, there's one thing, Cindy, when I go to speak to different groups, and there are always invariably, most of the time, um, people of different political persuasions, some independent, some Democrat, but you would be amazed when I do my presentation on education and I show them what Pearson publishers, the, um, of course now it's called Savas, so they've changed their name again to try to deflect, but when they see the content that's in the textbooks that's being peddled to their children, I don't care if you're Republican, independent or Democrat, both, all three of our communities are fed up with it. When they see the pornography that our children are being taught, dark um, imagery, evil imagery, and passing this off for education, we don't even teach our kids the classics. One of the things that I am going to be pushing for when I do get elected is that we're going to call for a severing of the ties of the Federal Department of Education, Cindy. It is time for we, the people in the states, we talked about state sovereignty. This is so important. And ladies and gentlemen, whether you're listening to this or watching this from New York or whatever state, USA, I'm telling you, you need to urge your state legislature to lock down your state. We need to, to demand state sovereignty again. We don't need the money from the federal government. And this is what I'm proposing that we cut the strings of education. In Tennessee, there are three areas where revenue comes in for education. It comes in from state and, and local tax dollars. It comes in from the federal government. And then we have a third category called other. Well, nobody seems to know what that other category consists of. I would suggest to you, it probably is a category for people like Bill Gates or George Soros to come in and fund this garbage in our classrooms. That has to stop. If we can sever the ties from the federal government and we in each of our states find our own money to educate our own kids. Remember, the Department of Education, we've, we've heard Republicans say they're going to abolish the, the Department of Education. Even Reagan said he was going to get rid of it after Jimmy Carter. Because remember, Jimmy Carter is the reason why we have the Department of Education. You've served our country and made us proud. Many of you have come home, continue to lead, and look out for one another. So it's important we all learn the five signs of emotional suffering. If you or someone you know is experiencing one or more of these signs, reach out, connect, offer to help. Hey, what's the matter? In or out of uniform, we can help our families and nation stay strong. Visit changedirection.org. When a child in your life requires intensive care, their health fragile, their condition complex, certified acute care pediatric and neonatal nurse practitioners will give you the information and support you need to make the best decisions for your child while providing the critical care your child needs. With advanced specialized education, these nurse practitioners are trained to diagnose and manage serious life-threatening conditions and complex emergencies. They're dedicated to caring for the sickest infants and children. They are trained to make a difference. When life hands you its worst, 
certified acute care pediatric and neonatal nurse practitioners are at their best. Trained to be different. Critically ill children benefit from their knowledge. Learn why at certifiednurses.org. Reagan said he would abolish it. He didn't. And look at how many years. Not one person has drafted a piece of legislation to abolish the Department of Education. So you know what we're going to do? It's time for we the people in our states, in our sovereignty as a state, we're going to tell the federal government, we don't want your money. We don't want your carrot dangling in, in front of us because your programs, when we accept your money, is what's destroying this country. And we the people are fed up. We are taking action into our own hands as moms and dads, even teachers, even teachers are now being targeted by their administrators. They're being suspended. We had an incident here. Hello, hello, yeah. I'm the longest yeah. running yeah. one. And you know what the worst thing is? The, the right-wing media who actually call me to help them get guests on their shows and write articles for them and have them on my show. They don't want to touch this story because no. it's a decade old, but it's not a decade old if it's still in the courts and the information is there. How about the fact that the judge who signed off on my retaliation illegal termination is an endorsed candidate, former assemblywoman of the United Federation of Teachers and her daughter, a current assemblywoman, is a UFT member because she's a former teacher and supported by the UFT mm. in New York. Mm. So I, I've been saying it, and no one has been really paying attention, that Donald Trump ran in 2015 when he had 16 other candidates against him that he wanted to diminish the Department of Education mm. or eliminate a lot of the power there, diminish it. And he didn't get that from Betsy DeVos. No. And she really no. did not work out well. I remember Huge disappointment. And people said she was going to be. Uh, I remember with because in New York we have a big issue with yeshivas and private schools sec and secular education, and she really just followed the Democrats' way with it. Mm. And it was a big yeah. disappointment. That was one of the things that um, I was disappointed about. And, and if Donald Trump does get elected again, I think he's going to do something about it now because now he has people on his side like you and like me, but it doesn't help that places. And I'm not going to name everybody knows what I'm talking about. The mainstream media for conservatives doesn't want to discuss this. No, doesn't no. want to discuss the Money's involved with elite, uh, with um, evaluations mm -hmm. so that documents are, are not followed through, chancellor's regulations, state and federal mandate, mandated reporting. Mm -hmm. No one is talking about mandated reporting with what happened in Texas. Mm -hmm. No, no, absolutely not. This is the problem. It's the good old boy system that nobody wants to rock the boat. Nobody wants to change anything. And that has to change. And that's why, excuse me, bless you. Bless you. <laughs> that's why I'm involved. And that's why I am, I have decided to run for office. It's time for some, for people to rise up and start upsetting the apple cart. 
and start overturning and exposing what these people are doing. If they are not part of the solution, then they are part of the problem. And the solution is we've got to get these these national entities, the NEA, the National School Board Association, and all of these people, these Marxists who have taken uh, taken over our education system, they got to go. And they're not going to go, Cindy. You and I know, unless we the people boot them out. Laurie, where can our audience find out more about you, your candidacy, your education work, your films? Laurie is one of the easiest people to reach out to. She loves to fly all over the country and talk about this. The group could be 100 people, 1,000 people, a living room with 20 friends, but she's there and dedicated. Where can they find you? Go to lauritn 63 Dot com. That's Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, T-N, like Tennessee, 63rd for the 63rd district, dot com. Laurie, T-N, 63.com. And yes, there's a place there when you go to the website, send me a message. If you are interested in having me come and speak to your group, I would be delighted. I will be happy to come and help educate and activate your community to take back local control of your communities and your state. Remember, it is state sovereignty, ladies and gentlemen. No more federal mandates forced on our children, masking, um, getting vaccinated, forced vaccination. No, we are going to exert our constitutional freedoms as Americans. And if there's gonna be elected officials who are gonna stand in the way, guess what? We're gonna remove them from office. I can't thank you enough for joining us. You know, you're always welcome. You can always call me, Lori, to come on with breaking news. We want to hear about your local election because I always tell people local elections are even more important than national and federal offices because that those are the people that make the decisions of your everyday life. That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Thank you, Cindy, so much for having me on the show. Yes, um, I want to just encourage you all we are going to win this battle. We need to stand firm. And it takes, again, we the people. It doesn't take a lot, ladies and gentlemen. We can do this. It, ta- it has to take people that have passion, who care about our freedoms, who care about our nation, who care about what we are going to leave our children and our grandchildren. What will they say about our generation if we don't stand up and fight for our freedom? Thank you so much for joining the Jewish Patriot. American Airlines rated the worst, losing the most bags, shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left to distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs? Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. And just like that, the hour went. Before we go, my best pearls of wisdom for the day. I want to thank each and every father and grandfather out there. Great grandfathers too, if you're lucky enough to be one. Without our fathers, our lives would be a lot different. And in this day and age where so many people are deprived of fathers. 
Make sure you appreciate yours and give them a hug and tell them thank you and I love you. Happy Father's Day to everybody and to all the mothers and sisters and wives out there who are making Mother's Day. Celebrate and enjoy because every day should be Mother's Day and every day should be Father's Day. Thanks for watching The Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on The Jewish Patriot Show.